I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You ease my mind, you make everything so fine Worry about those comments I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the hybrid Throw that to the side, yeah I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around me Throw that to the side, yeah I get those goosebumps every time, yeah. Seven one three, yeah. Yeah, I'm riding. Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying. Sipping low key. I'm sipping low key and flying. I get those goosebumps every time. Back again, back again. Welcome all to Loaded Mag NUFC and talk in tune. We're back. I'm excited about this one, I'm not gonna lie. Um, back again talking with the boys. But first of all, uh Daz Chris, how are you on this fine Wednesday evening? All good with me, Pete. Busy, 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 busy. Uh, so, yeah, all good with me. Uh, looking forward to chatting to the, the lads, uh, getting Josh, getting Specs, and our, our debutant uh, on Phil from Tune Tactics TV as well. So looking forward to having a chat with the lads and uh, talking all things too. Yeah, Chris, is the, there's not a lot to talk about at the moment, is there? Newcastle? No, it's it's pretty quiet in a few years, not much going on. Um, do you know what? It's funny actually because um, I don't normally, I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not massively active on X. Um, but you know, the last uh, the last day or so, I've I've had a bit more time, so I've been like you know popping in and out, and it's funny because like on my timeline, it's just I've got Daz, I've got Pete, and then Loses and. It's just it's just all going off at the moment, isn't it, with Newcastle United? And that's why I've like yourself. That's why I've been really looking forward to having the lads on tonight. So it's great to have uh, Josh and Specs back, and obviously to invite Phil on for the first time as well. So it should be a really good chat. And I'm looking forward to it. It will be. It will be. We set the topics tonight, so uh, it's going to be very very interesting how these boys <laughs> react to this and how we react to this because uh, we'll we'll be answering these questions as well. But look. Um, so many already flying into the chat. Great to have you in there, Alice at Maximin. You're becoming a regular. Shouldn't you be playing in Saudi? Yeah, there's no game in Saudi right now. What's the what's the situation uh, with that one? And NUFC Mad Dog, um, not Tyndall. Uh, NUFC Mad Dog. Great to have you in there, Tom Dixon and Lisa. The Spanners are in the house. Um, great to see as well. Uh, joining Tune for Life as well. Kevin in the house, Brett's in the house. That's all I can see on the comments as well, but I know there's a lot more. Welcome everybody to the channel. And make sure you get those questions in for the guys. And uh, uh, on cue as well. Um, we need a target, I, lads. I was about to say, we as we set the target, get those likes and subscribes in. But Daz, take us away. What, what target are we going for tonight, mate? Well, the last target I set, I set, I said two hundred. Then it opted to two hundred and fifty because the prices increases and the, the likes. Show, show me the likes, but uh, but and they blew it away. It was four hundred likes we got or more, and they're growing for that show. So I'm going to go easy. I'm going to say two two five. How about that? Two two five. Oh, make a fool of me again by blowing it out of the water. 
Yeah. That's your, that's your challenge. You know, to do people get those likes in as well. And look, let's get everybody in um, so we can get this discussion up and running. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome back um, Jordy Josh. Welcome back, Josh. There we have it, lads. Pete does, Chris. Great to see your faces again, lads. And thank you very much for welcoming me back on. I really enjoyed the last one. Fingers crossed it's a very good one yet again. Top's nice one, Josh. Good man. Good man. Great stuff. And um, yep, yeah, we, we just just arrived not long ago. All setting up. Um, we've got the main man. We've got uh, Geordie Dread. We've got Specs in the house. No, hang on, hang on. Before we bring in Specs, because we, we, we have we already have a Jamaican Geordie, uh, Dan Lawless. I thought Dan Lawless was a Jamaican Geordie. Are we getting rid of him? He's gone. Yeah, gone. I think we have a better one here in Specs. Anyway, welcome back, Specs. Yeah, good man. What's going on, brothers? Man, I appreciate, appreciate. Big up, Josh. Big up, all you three, man. Get me, I appreciate Chris, Dabs, Pete. I'm back again. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate, man. And I hope everyone's doing well and fine. I'm ready for the talk, man. So let's go. That's the Hey, man. Good to see you, mate. Spot on. And uh, this perfect opportunity to welcome in uh, the deputant for tonight. Uh, we've got uh, Philip in the house from Toon Tactics TV. And not only that, Pete, he is a loaded ultra. Welcome, Philip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the invite, guys. Like I was saying in the back room, I've been watching uh, you guys just, just since just before the takeover. I'm not going to go through the Steve Bruce era because that was traumatic. <laughs> My heart's palpita palpitating and everything that went with that. So, like, it really does feel like I'm, I'm like, uh, um, with 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 my heroes here on on the channel, so it's great to be on here. Obviously, I know specs from previous times as well. Good to see you, sir. And Jordy, Josh, I actually heard, heard like got to see your stuff through. I only recently started going on TikTok, and one of the guys that um, does follow me constantly reposts your stuff. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's a big big fan. Like your, your material is absolute quality. So it's a pleasure yeah, to be here you. with you, you know, Chris, Daz, uh, Pete. And the chat as well, um, I've, I've, I've spoke to people like, I think, Lisa, Jordi, Two for Life, others. So it's a real pleasure to be on here. Real pleasure to be on here. Love it. Love it. But it's, it's a pleasure to have you, um, you have uh, to have on the, on, the, on the channel. I know um, Daz had spoken to you, um, <laughs> you know, a while back to, to get you on and uh, you're here now. So great to have you. Um, and we're, and hey, we're, we're not going to be holding back tonight. Don't worry about that. We're going to be bring <laughs> oh, these questions out. <laughs> We're gonna put you put all three on the, under the microscope tonight. Um, and look, uh, there's questions coming in from people in the chat, and if you haven't get those questions in, because there will be that section tonight. But look, um, we have to start with, um, you know, we're going to start with a element of Dan Ashworth anyway. However, um, tonight it's gone off again um, because uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe has also. Um, come out and had his sort of first interview with um talking about Man United and he's had his um opinions on Dan Ashworth and United View Flex um tweeted this out earlier um and I'll just read it really really quickly um Jadim Ratcliffe on Dan Ashworth serving um the gardening leave it says I think it's a bit silly personally I won't get dragged into that um, what I do think is completely absurd is um, suggesting a man who is really good 
at his job, sits in his garden for one and a half years. And um, we had a very grown-up conversation with City um, about Barada. Um, when things got done, uh, we sorted it out very amicably. Uh, they could see why he wanted to take that challenge. Uh, you look at Pep Guardiola, uh, when he's done with one of his footballers, he doesn't want them to sit in the garden for one and a half years. He doesn't do that. That's not the way um, the UK works um, or the laws work. Now, um, interesting uh, comments from him that have sparked a lot of interest, including from us, Unloaded. We've had our opinions too uh, tonight on, on all this conversation. And look, the simple question I've got for you to start off tonight, and I'll get your opinions on this, is, is Sir Jim talking shit? <laughs> Uh, and look, Philip, we'll start with you. The debutant, yeah. talk to us. Is Sir Jim talking shite? It's just it's a bit of media banter to try and get the public on, on his side and press Newcastle. Um, it's interesting to see the bit of undertones about um, this is how the law works in the UK here, like kind of highlighting that we've got Saudi owners. And that's, that's a very interesting take from it. It's the first time I read that. And... And look, I know that he's obviously he's, he's, he's a billionaire, he's been doing things for a long time, he's, he's, he's been a chairman of Nice, but I hope to see how he would react if Real Madrid came along for Kobe Mainu. Would he be so amicable and say, let's get this done within a week, guys, we don't want him to hang around? Um, I, I, somehow, I somehow doubt it. And I think he knows that the issue for Newcastle, and as Eddie Howe pointed out, isn't necessarily that Dan Ashworth is... And again, how do you just say things about sounding as if you're salty when you're not really? Dan Ashworth has said what he does. He's the spoke in the middle of the wheel. He brings all organisations together and does that. And, you know, there, unfortunately, there are there is a lack of, I don't know if there's a lack of people that can do it to that level, but there isn't. it doesn't mean there isn't people that can't do that. That's why Newcastle are looking for them right now. So it's not the point that Dan, that Dan Ashworth we can't get essentially another Dan Ashworth or someone that can do a similar job. We're already a well-run club. I think the point is, as, as Eddie Howe pointed out, is the concern that he called it Intel. Eddie Howe actually called it Intel that he has on, the, on, on our transfer business and then what we're doing. And so we're not in a rush to do that, especially, especially before the transfer window has occurred. I think the battle for the transfer window, summer transfer window, has already started. And it started in the back, in, in the boardroom as well. So, look, uh, I don't see what Sir Jim Ratcliffe's rush is. They're not doing any transfer business now. I'm sure there's somebody else that can move the tables and chairs around in, this, in, the, in the, the Man United back room. Um, he can just give it, he just can give it away. And, you know, the other response is, as has as been said, pay the money and, and uh, we can get this done over quickly. But I, I see this being a media war and... It's interesting how now fans are bantering each other. And I saw fans saying, oh, we've taken someone, uh, uh, Wilcox from Man City. We've taken this head of medical recruitment from Arsenal. This shows we're a big club. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> sheesh. Is that, is, that, is that the levels we have stooped down to? I thought it was about winning trophies, but <laughs> we are where we are. And uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of media warfare and campaigning. There'll be a lot more of it. And it's important for myself as a Toon fan and others to just... Um, keep focus and and stay calm. I think. Yeah, no, uh, some great points there um, from yourself, Philip. Uh, Jordy, Josh, I'll come to you. Josh, in your opinion, um, 
is all of the, the conversation and, and the opinion of Sir Jim Ratcliffe um, a load of nonsense? Is it shite? Um, what are your thoughts on, on what's kind of broken in the last couple of hours? My thoughts on it, mate. First of all, away from obviously Man United wanting to take one of our employees open. I know he's on garden and leave. It's the whole comments of Sir Jim Ratcliffe actually have left me genuinely so annoyed for so many reasons. These, these Man United, they're going on as if like they can just take Dan Ashworth off us. He's got a contract here. Look, if you want him, you're going to have to pay him. He's on our books. We're paying him money. He's got a contract here. You can't just turn over and say, right, we want him. Have him here. Absolutely not. He's, he's under our books. You've got to buy him. And another thing what actually left me pretty annoyed, and I think it's very hypocritical from Sir Jim Ratcliffe as well. I'm sure with the image you've just put up, didn't he say something like, it's not how the UK works to leave someone out sitting for a year on the sidelines or something like that. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. This is the same club where Eric Ten Hag didn't play Jaden Sancho for months and months on end. He's an unbelievably talented footballer, one of the hottest prospects in the world, right? Yeah. And he's sitting on the sidelines for something that's... It's, it's obviously something that can be sought. It's, it's a disagreement between the manager and the player. But uh, look, he's going on to Borussia Dortmund. He's already flourishing. So you can't treat someone like that when you've been very hypocritical on the other side too, Dan Ashworth. But look, it's, it's not as if it is illegal for Dan Ashworth to go to Manchester United, but it's rock bottom. If you want him, you have to pay for him. If you're not going to, well, you're just going to have to wait two years for him. It's as simple as that. No, great points uh, from Josh as well. Uh, look, Specs, this has all been a bit of a madness over the last week or so, but it just seems that Man United are continuing to throw comments and shade Newcastle's way in the media. What have you made of this all, mate? Look, man, first of all, I want to say what goes around comes around. When, when he was interested in Jesse Lingard, you remember that? Remember that whole Ferrara on how they, at the club, how they were going on? It was absolutely disgusting. So, it is what it is. Furthermore, I'm all up for it. I want 20 mil as being alleged, as what it's been saying, and I want every single damn penny. So you can sit on garden and leave for God knows how long. Who cares, isn't it? He's not like think about it. It's kind of true what one of the pundits said on the other on the other channels. You know, it's like you're basically stealing our vision. Yeah. You're you're you're, you're taking him. Look, I'm going to be honest. It is what it is, isn't it? Because yes, Brighton had him. We did the same thing. We had to wait for garden and leave. Etc. Etc. These things happen, but for me, when you went to Newcastle, I genuinely believed in the vision and that he was here for the long haul. But that's the energy that I got from him. Yeah. And then now, all of a sudden, you jump in ship. Rackers making comments. He can do one. So if you say all he wants, it was inevitable. We always knew it was going to happen. The Guardian leave. We knew it was coming. You knew you had to pay compensation. I thought it was 10 mil. But now they're saying, boy, if you really, if you really, like, you see, I get so upset, angry, because how can Ratcliffe say all this? It's like, if you really want your man, you really mean business with your 26.7% stake and blah, 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 pay the money. It's as simple as that. You can't be moaning, saying you're sitting on the side, oh, it's illegal or this and that, and it's not nice how you met a man sitting in garden and leave. Well, if that's the case, go save your man. Take him and call it a day. Yeah. It is what it is, man. So he can do one. I don't want to like get too upset because I don't want to swear. So I'm trying to keep calm. But like I said, I'm kind of all done with the whole Ashworth thing. But obviously, we're having a conversation as Newcastle fans with the viewers and everyone watching. 
So for me, Radcliffe can do one. I'm actually shocked that statement's real. Is that actually real? Is that really, like, is that a real statement that he made or a real comment he made? Yeah. Because it actually sounds like when you was reading it out, I thought, it was a, I thought you was trolling. No, no, no. I was like, did, did you actually say that? No, that's only the that's only one section on Dan Ashworth. What what you can see there, United View tweeted out that word for word in what he said, and it, it was a sit down interview with a BBC um, a BBC reporter. It was actually a reporter that doesn't speak very well on Newcastle United and likes to throw shade. Yeah. It certainly threw shade, a lot of shade on um, Newcastle United when. Um, we were in the process of getting our takeover. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it was that, that sit down interview where he said those exact words. Um, so um, th that is, that is what he, what he said uh, tonight because it's, it's only just come out in the last couple of oh, days. Okay. That's recent. That's very, okay. Well, you know, yeah, look, put it this way, man, you ain't going to hear the end of this, man. This is going to get messy. Like, I doubt you'll see Ashworth at Man United anytime soon unless they pay up. And that's it. And Newcastle should stick to their guns. Like, it's not a thing of, oh, you did the same thing to Brighton. Yeah, I understand. But he's under contract. We've got him. So however we want to deal with things, you yeah. have to go buy it or drop yeah. on. Yeah, and we weren't making any public statements about, I can't believe Brighton are making him go on guard and leave. You know, was I think as far as I, I can see, I'd have to ask a Brighton fan, really. But we were pretty gentlemanly about it. Uh, paid a compensation. We waited a period of time. And that was that. Nobody made any fuss about it. Nope. So, for Man United, I think it's funny how the old structures left, but the, the same elitist uh, attitudes remain. You're all small Newcastle and you should be able to give us what we want when we want it. <clears throat> it's not the same Newcastle, I keep telling them, um, from the boardroom to the pitch. And they get into a nasty shock about it. And that's what it is. I'm already excited about whoever the next um, uh, director of football is going to be, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, and, and we had that chat when we, we when me, Daz, and Chris had that conversation on Monday night. We we had a little look at who could potentially be there. We looked at a few names. There's a lot more um, that we could explore, and that's for sure. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's a fair point, Philip. Is that you know, looking ahead to to what's coming next because the club did say that that's what they're yeah. they're doing. Uh, and yeah. Darren Hill said they're already that's already underway, which is great. Um, I think uh, Dazzle Chris, you put in the chat, Liverpool are losing at half time against Luton at Anfield. Um, <laughs> everyone, let us pray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I move on to Daz and Chris. I want to get your thoughts on this because we, we've not really had too much of a, ch a chance to have a conversation about this because it's all sort of broken in, in between us kind of um, being on the show tonight. But look, you, you've seen the comments from Sir Jim Radcliffe, Daz. Um, you you know the standpoint of Newcastle United. Um, you know what are your thoughts at this point? Have they changed? Uh, have they, you know, have they solidified in any way? What, what are you thinking right now, mate? Oh no, I'm still on on for for getting twenty million for them at least, <laughs> and that's that's the stand, that's the starting point. Uh, and uh, piss us off and go higher. But uh, uh, I'm just going to go back to, to to Sir Jim, and I know there's been a few comments in the chat. I wanted to bring it up first before we got to the comments. But yeah, not only did he make that st statement, he made a few more other interesting mm. statements. And the one that he, he he described the Mason Greenwood, let's call it incident, as hype. 
according to him. Uh, so that uh, that doesn't sit well at all. Uh, so apparently they're going to look at the situation and maybe even bring him back. Who knows? I don't know. But that doesn't sit right. Um, yeah. So yeah, he made a, a few a few uh, interesting statements uh, there today. He's not not winning himself much fans uh, with that one. Um, but yeah, just I'm just going to cut to another topic linked linked to this. <clears throat> and I was just talking to you about people uh, beforehand because where where you got that tweet from uh, uh, from Flex and um, Flex had uh, Keith Downey on today. And in, in that, Keith Downey gave his opinion on, on, on how things would, would play out. Because Flex asked him, do you think uh, that Dan Ashwood would be in place by the summer? And uh, Keith said that uh, his opinion um, that it'll rumble on, that he wouldn't be in place for the summer, which would suit Newcastle because then they, they don't have intimate details of our summer transfer plans and that he, he would pro- more than likely be in place by the January transfer window that he he it would it would rumble on potentially uh, uh, that far now unless they're willing to pay up pay the twenty million get the deal done then uh, so be it but uh, as long as it, it continues um, it it's uh, at least we're, we're we're not sitting on our hands either we're we're moving forward and uh, looking to bring in someone now as well uh, and and uh, Chris I'm going to go to a tweet that you tweeted out as well I think someone was, uh, sent it on that. Um, Dan Ashworth, like we, we know what we're doing with the uh, good old Jeff Henrik uh, paying his wages, but uh, uh, it's, it's a hell of a lot less uh, we're paying uh, Dan Ashworth, and so he can see it as well. So um, it will get resolved, though, I, I think, uh, but maybe not until after the summer and we have our all our signings in. Chris, um, from that point of view, like Daz has been very kind of staunch in his opinion that 20 million. That's how much they need to pay in order to get him out. He's not willing to negotiate on that. Are you of the same mindset? Uh, what are your thoughts on Jim Ratcliffe's comments? Um, and when do you think, in your opinion, this gets resolved? Oh, I think you're on mute. Sorry, that wasn't a great start, was it? Um, although it might be better if I was on mute. Um, I've got to admit, like I, 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 I find his comments just a load of waffle. They're absurd. They're just ridiculous. You know, he he can't he can't start like to use to borrow a twelfth man phrase, Pete. He can't start like puffing his chest out. He 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 can't start doing that. He's literally he's literally. I think the the ownership got passed, didn't it? It was either today or yesterday. Yes. Um, and now he's coming out and he's talking about things that he doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. I know he's I know he's owned football clubs in the past, but he can't expect to just kind of come in come into the UK, come into uh, the Premier League, um, take over Man United or partially take over Man United, should I say, and start cherry picking other clubs, players, staff, whatever, and just expect them to roll over, have the belly tickles, and everything be on Man United's terms. It's yeah. just ridiculous, and to call to call it absurd, and to say how much of a shame it is that uh, you know a a sporting director of the quality of Dan Ashworth shouldn't be on gardening leave for eighteen months. Well, that that that's that's up to you to sort out, then, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. he's our sporting director; he's not yours. He's ours, and if you want him, you pay for him. And if you pay for him, he's yours, and you can do what the hell you want with him. Until then, he's our sporting director, and we'll choose to do whatever we want to do. And for me, I, I just 
I can't believe how arrogant he's coming across because that's what it comes across as, just arrogance. And we're getting loads and loads of Man United fans. I've seen loads in the chat, uh, not in the chat, sorry, in in on X and, you know, coming out on, you know, in videos and stuff and saying, oh, you know, who do Newcastle think they are? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hang on, are you, are you for real? Are you for real? Like, you know, if, if, if they, and, the, and then him talking about Berardi or Berardi, the, the one that the, the director that they got from Man City, totally yeah. different scenario, totally different position. He hadn't just joined Man United, uh, Man City, and you know, Man City are probably thinking, well, you know, if Man City are willing to let him go and Man City are already lining someone up, that that's their business. But because because we want a decent fee for Dan Ashworth and they clearly don't want to pay a decent fee, that's us being unreasonable, or that's us throwing our toys out the pram, or that's us being petty, and it's like. Really? Is that is that really how you see it? And the, the, the fact that he's come out and said all of this, unfortunately for him, I think he thinks he's been quite bullish and quite clever and that he can kind of like barge his way to the front of the queue and go, we're Man United, we're back. And it's like, well, sorry, mate, you're going to have to wait. And also, all you're doing is winding up our owners. Because I tell you what, when our owners see that, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if the price went up and he just turned around <laughs> and went, that's 25 now, mate. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, they want him now. We spoke about this the other day, didn't we, Pete? They want him now. Yeah. And we, we, we've put him on garden and leave. So as, as far as we're concerned, we've removed him from the club. So he's no longer our concern. And he's not going to come back to the club. And we're currently paying him, as, as you boys mentioned before, um, we're currently paying him a, a one alleged one and a half million a season, which is about 30 grand a week. Mm. And it's like, sounds... Don't worry about it. We, we'll get on with finding our new sporting director. You get on with buying our sporting director. Mm. That that's that should that should be what it is. And it, it doesn't matter if we want 20 million, 50 million, 100 million. He's our he's our sporting director. He's not yours. So I, I I can't see why he's come out and been so um you know bullish and so like um what's the word I'm looking for? Like they it's it's, it's, like it's even like beyond like arrogance. Like yeah. the man in charge. I, I think, yeah. I, to be honest, when, when these entitled, yeah, yeah. And I think I was saying it. I was saying it on my channel that I feel like I always think, why did this information come out in the first place, and how did it come out, and who who does it purpose? I always suspected that I thought it was Man United le leaks, and I was talking to Man United fans about it, and one of them was because they, they I've, 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 I, I, I watch a lot of their content, and because they they've forever got historical issues with people leaking stuff out of their clubs. And I think with him coming in, I think he was trying to sound the horn and say, like you said, he wanted to be shown as the man in charge. This is the takeover. There's a wind of change blowing. We're going to blow all over uh, Newcastle over. We're going to take Dan Ashworth from here. We're going to take a Barada from Man City over there. Man <laughs> I, I, I doubt Barada was doing too much at Man City. They're, they're a machine that's already rolling. Uh, you know, It wasn't that much of an issue to, to let him go. Dan Ashworth, as Eddie Howe said, Hadn't spent much time here to see the fruits of his labors. However, he's got a whole lot of intel that, that, that Eddie doesn't like. And I don't know what you guys, if you guys saw, because I'm focusing on the, the press conference in particular that Eddie Howe had for the Bournemouth game. And um, there's a look, you know, Eddie Howe is dropping little tidbits that let me know that I almost feel like Eddie Howe didn't trust him from the beginning almost. And, um, and they did, they had, it took them a while to even warm to each other in the first place. So, I don't know what, what happened there, but Dan Ashworth, did, did, it's not that he didn't do anything, but he did do some stuff. 
the, the problem is the intel and the vision of the club, as, as, as was pointed out. And that's what Man United want uh, to get their hands on. And so we're not willing to do that. And I think this is going to be a media warfare for a while now. And um, it'll be interesting to see how our owners... But at the same time, though, um, I don't know if you guys remember, is our, our owners do the same thing. <laughs> so if anybody remember Barella and Tonali situation... And you've still got a few journalists that got their noises out of joint because not only did we, uh, I think, fool a few in terms of making them feel like we're getting Barella and we ended up getting Tonali, but we wrote a, we, we gave a big old um, a news article on Telegraph about it, telling them how we fooled the journalists in the first place, a whole length. <laughs> we celebrated it. And I'm like, guys, can we do when we win a trophy? Can we do that first? Let's not win <laughs> do it over negotiation sort of thing. So there's a lot of boardroom warfare. Plus, if you remember, we had the um, the votes over multi-club multi ownership. And all at a time, actually, it was, it was a month before, Dan Ashworth whispered the, the secret, the two words, Ruben Neves. <laughs> and the, the, the league went on fire about multi-club ownerships. And all of a sudden, there's a vote here. There's a vote on that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of shenanigans going. The Telegraph already labelled us the leaders of the rebellion. You know, wolves, not in a forest, all of them. That all of a sudden they've got chest now because Newcastle are like, hey, well, you know, I, I like this motor club motion. I don't, I don't like this FFP stuff either. So, <laughs> what's getting behind? So, I think there's a lot going on in the background. I, I think you can make a film about it, but it's all, all adds into the drama of it. And so, I think Radcliffe is stepping into it, but he needs to be careful about there's always a blowback to these type of things if you're not careful. Yeah, honestly, lads, uh, I think. At some point, that interview there from Sir Jim Radcliffe can, will come back to haunt him. Yeah. I genuinely think the comments he's made, and it's not just the comments on Ashworth. I think it's the comments on Mason Greenwood, which I find absolutely baffling. Yeah. That in his first interview at Man United as a co-owner, he gives the possibility of Mason Greenwood coming back in. If I'm... It, you know, if I'm one of those kind of representative organisations on 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 rape, on abuse, on on all those categories, I'm going mad right now. I'm going mad that one of the biggest establishments in this country. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Manchester United are one of the biggest uh, clubs, if not the biggest club in this country. As much as we hate to say that, it's a reality. And from that point, you can understand why Ashworth's going there. From that point only, but for them to come out. And their co-owner say that in his first interview, I think is an absolute absolute blooper, ready to be pushed yeah. back time and time again, right, for people to laugh at later on because of how crazy those sort of comments are. Um, it's already been said tonight by a number of Newcastle journalists, including um, uh, Keith Downey, as you said, Daz, quite rightly, that, that Newcastle United aren't going anywhere. I think they, 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 they have missed understood the situation with Newcastle United. We are not in this situation that we were under Steve Bruce, yeah. under Ashley, where we could have been bullied and would have been allowed to be bullied. We're not that we're not that same Newcastle United right now. And I think at this point we are it might be seen as we're you know holding things up or we're holding things up for Man United and for that big club. But actually, no, we're standing our ground because we had a project in place, guys. We yeah. had a project. We had a guy that was knitting everything together and starting to do it. And he'd just get pulled away like that, like nothing. 
and we're just meant to accept it? Nah, not for me. Not at all. Yeah, like, we need to play yeah. big. Sorry, Mom. No, nah, because nah, the more you talk about it, this is why I never want to talk about it. Because the more you talk about it, it's, 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 it's going to get agitated. Because I'm already agitated anyway about the whole thing. Because for me, the whole now, the whole Dan Ashworth thing was just a bloody waste of time. Then that's what it was just a waste of time. Yeah. And I can only imagine behind the scenes. How fuming Amanda, all of that. You know, deep down, they want to come out and blast Man United and blast Radcliffe and blast Ashworth. But obviously, we've got class and we ain't going to do things down that road. We just do things quietly, but in an indirect way. Let's say the money, what we want, etc., etc. Radcliffe, for me, his attitude stinks. I think he's coming in and just trying, like um, some of you alluded to, he's just trying to show, like, flex his muscles. And I think it's also like, He's trying to show the main United fans like, yo, I'm here, I mean business, and get them on side from now. And you know what I'm saying? Because obviously, he knows the fans have been like, really like, rooting for him to come. So I think he's feeding off that as well. Like, he feels like the, the big man, ego. That's what he's got right now. So he feels like, you know what I'm saying? So the whole Ashworth thing, like, look, man, Ashworth, you can do what you want in it. Like, at the end of the day, we're all humans, we've all got personal. Life's ambitions, or apparently it will work for him because he's more near to his family, etc. etc. I get all that. And like you said, Manchester United ain't just a club, they're an institution. Do you understand? Like it's a it's a proper proper <clears throat> thing. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. I really do get it. But for me, like I said, you went all out to go Newcastle. It's not like you're just going to any old club. We're we're going places, we're not going nowhere, as you said. So that's why I just think, what was it all about then? I wouldn't be surprised if Madrid came in for him two years later and he wants to jump ship and go to sunny Madrid. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? He's already proven it already. Whether it's from West Brom to the FA, to Brighton, to Newcastle, now to Man United, he's already proven that he is quite willing to jump ship whenever... The jumper. Comes along. The jumper. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, sorry. I, I want to ask you guys, I don't know if this is going to be the follow-up question, because again, going back to Eddie Howe, kind of two questions really in one. And it kind of connects to obviously um, Eddie Howe's relationship with Dan Ashworth, because now it makes me think, is this one of the reasons why we didn't buy anyone in the, in the, in the, in the winter transfer window, for instance? And the other question in terms of going forward for um, the next director of, of football, I think that I, I think I know what my ideal answer would be, but is the next director of football have going to have to uh, fit his vision around Eddie Howe rather than Eddie Howe fit his vision around the director of football, which is what I was saying in my video previously, because um, the idea is that ideally Newcastle would have been in the pro when all of this first kicked off, the table kicked off, they would have preferred to have a director of football, that director of football get a manager, and then they work together. But obviously it worked the other way around. Because Eddie Howe was alluding a lot in his press conference again that when Dan Ashworth came, that what he liked is what Eddie Howe liked about him is that he didn't try to change everything because there was already systems and processes in place. But those systems and processes that were in place were by Eddie Howe <laughs> and the others. So that's still there. So whoever's going to come in now, those processes still exist. So what does that mean in terms of for the next director of football going uh, coming in? Are they going to be working under those uh, parameters um, going forward? Because it ideally shouldn't really work like that. No manager, I think, especially with, I think with the structure that we've got, 
dictates to the club, not dictates, but I guess sets the policy for the club what it should be. And I understand, I understand why it happened that way, obviously, because we were in a relegation. We had nobody in place. Eddie Howe came in, his team came in, and literally, uh, we got, I can probably say all the players that we got on the winter transfer window was because of his his knowledge and connections and scouting. But what's it what's it going to be going forward now? Then how's it how's it going to work out essentially? What 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 do you guys think? Josh, do, do you want to take that one to start with? Honestly, I mean, the whole situation in itself, like I said, I am really annoyed, but I do agree with what you've said, me. I think when this new sporting director or whatever head of football comes in, they are going to have to work around Eddie Howe, as we've seen in that press conference. Normally, well, probably actually 10 times out of 10, Eddie Howe, with the injuries, with transfer news, he's very, very discreet. He doesn't lead on with anything. For example, Joe Willock has been close to coming back for about three months. Harvey Barnes was close to coming back for about two months, and he's only just come back. And you know what he's like with the transfer sort of stuff. This isn't true. That's not true. We've got 10 lined up the next week. So he's very, very discreet. But in that press conference where he was getting asked about Dan Ashworth, look, I think it's fair to say he wasn't holding back whatsoever, lads. He was pretty much leading on that Dan Ashworth was a bit of a snake, really didn't really care. Um, look, in my opinion, yes, I do agree. When the new person comes in, they are going to have to work around Eddie Howe. He's not just the person that gets results on the pitch. He does absolutely everything behind the scenes. He wants to know everything about the transfers, about... I don't know, intel, uh, tactics, all that sort of stuff. He wants to have his head in every single position, which it's what I want for my manager. I don't want my manager just to get the results on the pitch. I want him to know and be ingrained in the football club in itself. I don't think it's a negative. But yet again, when this person does come in, I think I've seen some shouts of Liverpool's ex-man. Um, they are going to have to be very wary of Eddie Howe's sort of I don't want to like, put him down, but like, a bit of a control freak. Uh, they are going to have to be pretty wary of that and, and definitely work around Eddie Howe for that reason. No, great points, um, boys. Um, it's it's a it's a really good question from uh, Team Tactics. Like Daz, Chris, what, what are your thoughts on 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 what um, what Phillips had to say? Yeah, so uh, Philip, uh, spoiler alert! I did I did watch your video, so I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and <laughs> we 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 had similar. Uh, um, discussions ourselves in our own chat uh, like I, I remember pointing the lads to, to the press conference because yeah something wasn't right about that he did he did let a, a lot of of uh, the body language the tone everything you could read you could read pick up on a lot from that but at, at the same time uh, the chat twitter everyone is painting Dan Ashworth as the villain as well right but what if what if uh, he he came in and he, the job he, that he that was promised him wasn't he yeah. what didn't have didn't have as much control as he was promised and uh, um, and I I I, I, I agree with you uh, that whoever does come in has to has to know that uh, Eddie Howe because Eddie Howe looks like he's a permanent fixture uh, uh, that that uh, you're going to have to work really really well with uh, with Eddie Howe you're you're not going to be above Eddie Howe you're going to be on a par or under him in in a way, uh, uh, because he's been there. He's have more seniority. He's 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 got us into the Champions League. Hopefully in the summer he brings in more players, and we have another cracking season next season. So he's 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 got uh, credit in the bank, let's say. So uh, 
that has that'll be a factor in whoever they choose. And I'd say Eddie Howe will be involved in those discussions and those interviews as well. But when they they whittle it down to who they're going to to talk to, and it may it may actually rule some people out uh, as yeah. well uh, if they're if they're not going to to work with them. So uh, yeah, uh, from that interview from that uh, press conference, you, you do kind of pick up a lot from that. I think. We definitely do now. We we speculated about it, but now we 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 definitely feel after what's happened that that, that that's the case. But um, I'm, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction with yourself, Chris, and it's still on the topic. But Chris and, and Spec slightly different. Just to add in, uh, Mark Douglas of the iPaper put in a really uh, another really good article tonight, and he actually answers that question, Philip, and he actually says that the next sporting director. Um, they're actually going to make tweaks to the role. Um, that's what he's suggesting, that they're going to tweak the role slightly um, to ensure that it fits around the current model that Newcastle United have, right. which I thought was quite interesting. That says to me that, that there were things that Dan Ashworth wanted to do that he wasn't able to do because Eddie Howe had a lot of a, a say on, on, on certain things, which we already speculated about. But I think they very much so in, in what Daz has said is that from what Mark said tonight in his pay, in his piece, that that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to fit around what Eddie Howe and his team do. And that person will just do the other bits within the role. What that is, is definitely up for speculation. But I wanted to come to a diff, slightly different question because we still talk about sporting directors. But um, uh, Specs, Chris, will come to you with, with this. And boys, chip, chip in if, uh, if you feel um, the need to. Is it crucial to have a sporting director in a place for the summer? So we're talking about swift resolutions already underway looking for the next sporting director. But for this summer, is it crucial to have one in place? Specs, what, you, what are your thoughts on that, fella? You know, you know what? That's a tricky one, you know, because we don't know every single thing that goes on behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? There's not everything that we know. But something like, because don't get it twisted. Remember before Dan Ashworth or even Duran, some of the some of the transfers were done without anything to do with him anyway. If you really deep it and check it, do you get what I'm saying? But in terms of the summer and whether trying to go and push forward, I think whatever within our powers we could put in place, which will enhance the team in a positive way, as long as Eddie's on board with it as well, because you can't have that um, a, a, a director and Eddie and it's not. Meshing, that, that's, a, that's a recipe for disaster. They can work something out. I think it, it can only be positive. I don't think it's to be an end all, to be honest, but it probably will help. The more people on board, the more it can help to sort things out and do due diligence and get everything right and not have one person or the other doing too much on one thing, like a proper team. Do you get what I'm saying? Because the whole Tenali thing, yes, he's got, um, uh, what's it called? gambling problem, etc, etc. But I do think, just in general, not just gambling, stuff like due diligence and just really hands-on to where we're trying to go and really show just the world of football that we really mean business. So I don't think I don't think it's a negative thing. I don't think it's the be an end-all, but the more hands-on and everyone working together properly, it can only be a positive. It has to be. Yeah. I expect, do you need to go? Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to go in like in five minutes, but I'll just, if, you, if you're going to go to other questions, I'll just go now and then I'll shoot off quick. If that's all right with you, and then I'll just... No, 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 no
do, do what you need to do, and look, we'll, we'll get you back on um, uh, for, for the next one anyway. Like, uh, you know where I'm at, bro. You know where I'm at, everyone. I'm bro, you just call on me, I'm here, man. No problem. I, I, I enjoy it, and I enjoy talking to the lads. Big up team tactics, making his debut. Josh again. All you three guys, man, you made me feel so welcome, and I appreciate the help that you're doing for me as well. I appreciate it. Respects. See you nice soon. Make sure you get on a sub to to um, the um, the Geordie Dread um, TV channel. Uh, make sure you go and support Specs um, in what he's doing there. Chris, um, just to add on to that uh, before we move on um, to other topics related to Newcastle United, um, is it crucial to have a sporting director in place for the summer window? Me personally, and I think I shared my opinion on this as well, me personally, I'd, lo- I'd love for that to be the case. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's crucial because uh, if you'd asked me back in the, and Specs already alluded to this, if you'd asked me back in the Ashley days when Lee Charnley was basically running everything and Lee Charnley wasn't qualified to do any of what he was doing, um, then yes, it would be crucial. Um, but for me now, we've got that many, we've got that much experience and we've got that much talent now, you know, within the boardroom and, you know, running things at the club. I'm sure that, you know, we could do without a uh, sporting director, uh, unt- and, and well, for the, for the short term future anyway, I, I, I would really like one in, but on the other hand, I want it to be the right person. Uh, I want to make sure that it's the right appointments. And just to add into what Dad said earlier, I think it, it's a really good point what Dad said, you know, about like changing the ball and put, you know, us realizing that, you know, maybe maybe things weren't happening for Dan Ashworth, like he wasn't happy in the role. But I think as well, the owners, oh my God, it's too on Liverpool. You just, you just, oh, you couldn't make it up. Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, so I, as much as I think it's crucial, um, I would I would much rather bring in the right man, but yeah, the point of sorry, the point I was making about Daz, uh, Daz's comment, you know, about it not maybe working out for Dan Ashworth and how he'd hoped. I I would also caveat that with I hope the owners are looking more long term. I'm sure they are, uh, and that's not to say that you know they should bring someone in and sod what Eddie Howe thinks. I don't mean that, but it should be it should work for both parties. It shouldn't just be by Eddie who do you want. We'll bring in who you want, Eddie. It should be who they want. And say to Eddie, listen, this is this is the guy we want, or you know, hopefully Eddie has a, a say in it as well. And then it's like, how can you best work together? Let's make things work. And you know, it could be that you say to the sporting director, listen, in this current model, as things stand, as things are, this is how things are going to be. If and I'm not, I'm not, you know, tempting fate or you know, predicting things, but if you know Eddie Howe was to leave in the next 12 to 18 months, I wouldn't then want a sporting director who is out of his depth and has to do things that perhaps under a new manager that maybe he wasn't he isn't capable of, or they wish they had a different man in who could do the job better. So for me, it's about getting the right man in at the right time and making sure that you know they're they're the right person for the role and then obviously working around Eddie Howe as that as that said. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out, uh, whether we do wait until the summer, whether we get someone in swiftly um, to be a part of that conversation in planning ahead for the summer. Um, what it's clear is, is that uh, Dan Ashworth is gone and they are already moving on as a club to find the next person. Uh, whether it's now or the summer for that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next few days, next week or so, when we're on to talking to and again, how how it's transpired um, from now to then. 
um, that'll be very, very interesting. But uh, Jordi, Josh, I'm going to come to you um, with this question and and panel, please feel free to get involved in this. Um, an interesting one off the back of the game on Saturday. Um, do you agree with a section of the fans that games against Luton and Bournemouth were entertaining? Are you happy with this? Um, lots of talk about the game, you know, not necessarily frustrated about the result or, or you know, slightly frustrated about the result, but walking away going, oh, what a game, entertaining game, and being happy with that. Are you of that mindset or do you, are you thinking differently? What, what are your thoughts on that, Josh? It's a bit of a weird one because well, I'll start straight off like this. Last season, honestly, like of course, going midway through the season, we had an unbelievable record at St James's Park, and going at the start of this season as well. I literally, I was, of course, I have a season ticket. I was going into every single game. I was sitting there, arms crossed, thinking we can take any single team. Yeah. I'm confident in every single game. Honestly, when Liverpool beat us, I was, what's going on here? That's literally <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, what on earth is going on? Yeah, we've just been beating at St James's Park. I forgot when the last time we actually did get beat uh, off someone at St James's Park, but. We've recently started dropping points too. With all due respect to the teams, teams we should be getting points against. Nottingham Forest, which if I do stand corrected, that's the only non-Big Six team we've lost to in the Premier League at home. Um, and the last one before that was when we lost 4-2 to West Ham at St. James's Park yeah. in, in the opening season of the 21-22 season. But what I was going to say is um, the Luton game in itself... I think that was just one of them Premier League Classics game. You can take that look out. Of course, we should really be beating Luton at home, but they played unbelievable football. They definitely deserved a point in that game. I'm not taking anything away from them. We probably did deserve a point, but of course, that Ogbeni absolutely went standburn. That was their catalyst to get a point from that game. So that one, Luton played well. Newcastle played half decent. A point shared is okay. Eight goals, uh, four goals apiece. It's one of the Premier League's entertaining games. Look, it happens. Very good game to watch. But the Bournemouth game, it's a different ball game. We've dropped points at home yet again. And correct us if I'm wrong, lads, but is it is it no wins in five now at home? Oh, I, I believe so. It, it was, yeah, it's either four or five, one of the two. Four or five because it was a draw yeah. to Bournemouth, draw to Luton. Lost to Manchester City and lost to Nottingham Forest. Actually, it might be four games. Um, but what I was going to say is, look, Luton happens, but Bournemouth, when you've dropped points recently, of course, we did beat Villa away. That was a fantastic result. Forest away. You've, if we're on the course to Europe, with the and we had more than enough to beat Bournemouth that day. We had Bruno on the pitch. We had Trippier on the pitch. Of course, we didn't have a recognised striker, but we still had more than enough. We should be beating them. Like I said, Luton, fair enough, but Bournemouth is where it has to be turned around. If we are on the course for Europe, We'll have to be winning that game. It, it's simple as that. And I think a catalyst to not winning these games, and look, I love Eddie Howe. I don't think there'll ever be a manager. I'll, I'll stand by his side if we go on a, a very big losing streak, if he does the right things, which I'm going to get onto in a second. But it's come to a point now where teams, for example, how Bournemouth and Luton genuinely got a point. It wasn't to pinpoint our attack. It wasn't to pinpoint our, our midfield, which has been a bit leaky recently, but it's to pinpoint Dan Byrne every single game. And look, it is it is harsh to put it all on Dan Byrne, but it's what teams are doing. You've seen Semenyo, who all round isn't the best player whatsoever, but his pace is blistering and he has got a pretty decent finish on him. It was a smash, I don't want to say smash and grab by Bournemouth because they played great football yet again, but they were pelletering him. As soon as we've seen him from kickoff, they smashed the ball down the left-hand side on Dan Byrne's side. And uh, that's how they got their point at St. James's Park. In my opinion, Tino needs to start to sort of 
turn these games around. But yet again, Joel Linton and Joel Willock not giving that defensive cover there is another catalyst. But yes, uh, to answer the question, Luton was an entertaining game, but Bournemouth simply not good enough. Um, interesting. Um, interesting thoughts on that. Uh, Philip, have you got an opinion on this one? It, it, it's, it, it is a difficult topic for, for a lot of fans um, to kind of... Uh, uh, have an opinion on but uh, have you got one either way or are you down the middle i think it kind of shows where we are in terms of i'm going to get all philosophical but it's about perspective essentially you can find a game entertaining but you can also find that you want your club to win at the same time but it's i guess in the era of, of banter of social media or oh, you think the game's entertaining that means you don't want to win trophies I'm like no i do i want both of the things but it was an entertaining game it was an incredible game in terms of finding the resilience to be able to do that. You can say that, but hopefully the, the, whoever you're speaking to isn't going to say, oh, that means you don't want to win. Can't you see that, you know, our defence is leaking, our midfield is leaking, we're in trouble, we need to go to Europe. You should be serious. <laughs> Football is an, is an escapism, like it is entertainment as well. And you can, can you, can you live in a world where you can integrate both things, entertainment and wanting to win your club to win at the same time? And I think the other perspective is that it depends on, <clears throat> I, I probably, because, I've accepted where we are in terms of as a club at the moment in terms of the player availability a long time ago, especially when we had up to 14 players out. We've got about 10 plus out now. And so I've accept, I think and, and Eddie Howe's perspective is that he's also accepted it. He hasn't got Joe Linton. He hasn't got Willett. He hasn't got those guys. He's not going to do 5-3-2. Forget 5-3-2. He's not going to defend. He's not going to do counter-attacking. Like, you got to... <laughs> I've, I've left that. Me personally, I said, I'm... I, we're in for it today. So he can get results like a 3-1 against Villa, a 3-2 against Forest away. These are good results. West Ham just went to Forest and got turned over. I know West Ham are having a great time, but still. So these things are, are going to happen. And every team is getting got at. I've just watched Man United the way at Luton. I know they won, but Luton played against them like they were a, a, a fellow relegation rival. Uh, and these things that they're going to have, I think they're not just getting. Totally. That, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're just getting that burn. I think they're getting on midfield. I think people underestimate that when the players are lining up in the tunnel and they see big Joe Linton or Tenali and Bruno Gomez, they're thinking, "Oh my word, I'm going to be in for a. Uh, it's going to be serious today." Mm. And you won't see Elanga. I don't think you would see Elanga doing that run if. If he knows he's going to come against uh, Joel Escobar's Joel Linton first, because he, he's going to get clattered. I don't think he does do that. I think he passes it. I think they're just getting our, our midfield. We've got a 17 year old boy, very talented for a 17 year old boy, but still a 17 year old boy. We've got Longstaff, who I personally love, but he isn't Joel Linton. He isn't Tonali off the ball. He's not Joe Willock off the ball. So every team now thinks, finally, we can get at this team. People forget how we, we used to absolutely maul teams, suffocate them. Those are the good old days. But when you got those players off and away, teams are now thinking, this is our opportunity. And how's perspective is, I'm not going to defend till I die. I'm going to go for the win. It's, it's almost a return back to the entertainers days without trying to be entertainers. It's like survival mode. <laughs> I'm going to fight before I die, essentially. And that's what it is. Until we can get some sort of stability back. We hear Isak and Willock are on the wings, but, you know, 
he's going to be careful with that. I personally won't expect to see them really until the Blackburn game. So I've accepted both. Um, entertainment and wanting my team to win and trying my best to explain that to folks. But also understanding, to help my own blood pressure, my father-in-law will tell you, especially when before the takeover happened, after every Newcastle game, I literally had to step outside the road and go for a walk for 45 minutes to let the blood pressure go. So for just, I, have to, I have to accept Eddie Howe for what he's doing, where the squad is at. That this is, because of the gaps that we have, this is his mindset. He's going forward. He's going to attack the league. It's going to cost us. It is going to cost us. But he's seen the risk and reward and he's going for it. So you're going to get 3-2 against Forest. You're going to get 3-1 against Villa. Those, those results could have been the opposite way around, but they weren't. So I think that's where I'm at with it. No, interesting points there, uh, for sure. Um, Daz, Chris, I'm going to come to a different question for you. Sure. Um, we're looking for a new striker in the summer. Mm. Wilson potentially out the door. Are you taking this man? <laughs> but not only are you taking that man, would you pay 60, 70 million for Ivan Tony this summer? Now, thinking about the budget, thinking about mm. how much to spend, would you pay 60, 70 million, which is rumoured to be the roundabout price to get him out of Brentford? Would you pay it to bring him to Newcastle United in this summer? What are your thoughts, boys? So if they dropped their 100 million valuation, <laughs> then they're not getting 100 million for him. They're not getting 100 million. Yeah, I I think uh, Tony is going to be, I think he's going to be checking up. I think he's going to be 28 on the 16th of March. Um, I pay I pay sixty, yeah, not seventy. I pay sixty because he look he's his quality. Uh, I don't like I don't like us going back as a player that we we, we let go and, and then us go. That's like a Chelsea move. Uh, I don't like that 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 uh, the thoughts of that. But he he's quality uh, and he would do a massive job for us. To a totally different type of player than than Isaac as well. Um, uh, so yeah, I would. I would pay sixty million from, uh, to tell you the truth. It probably wouldn't be my first choice. I'd, I'd go for in, in strikers, but uh, sixty million seems fair. And he'd be great buddies with uh, with uh, Tunali, of course. And Phipps. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, uh, we'll have certainly um, flew back tonight with uh, another goal to add to that as well. But um, look, uh, Chris, your opinions, um, Ivan Tony. Are you paying 60, 70 million to get him to Newcastle United this summer? Um, probably not, no. I I, I appreciate having Tony as a player. I think he, I think he's a really good player. And he, he is one that got, you know, got through the net, if you like. Some people will say that, you know, he became the player that he did for leaving Newcastle, which which I agree with. Um, but I think I think well, not to mention the fact I think he's destined for London. I think he will end up at Tottenham or uh, Arsenal, in my opinion. But I also I, I also think that I'm not sure he's the right striker for us. I I I, I don't know whether I would want an Ivan Tony at Newcastle playing second fiddle to Alexander Isak because that's exactly what he'd do. He plays second fiddle to Alexander Isak, and I don't think I don't think he's the right personality. I don't think that he would appreciate playing second fiddle to Alexander Isak, and I also. I also think, as Daz said, you know, he's he's probably the wrong side of, you know, 
wrong side of his late twenties. Um, if that's even a thing. But you know, he's he's getting on age wise. You know, if we were talking about a, a young 22, 23 year olds, I might feel differently about it. But for me, I I I've got in my head, I'm fixated now on this hybrid striker. I want a striker who can play in multiple positions, and I do actually believe that Ivan Tony is best through the middle, and I don't think he can play on the wing. Um, I want a striker who can play anywhere across the front three, and also a striker who's maybe still playing his trades. Maybe he's not quite reached that point yet, where you, which means you could probably pick him up for, you know, less than fifty million, and then we make him into a sixty, seventy, eighty plus million pound player. That's 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 my opinion on it because. I kind of feel you Brentford will be selling them at just the right time, in my opinion. Like, you know, if a club went out and forked out that money for them, he needs to be the number nine. He needs to be the main man, the focal point of whatever team he joins. And at Newcastle, I don't think he would be. Pete, can I add another bit onto your question? Because Ian Toon Trader is, is blow, blowing up the chat uh, with his messages, but he adds another <laughs> your mate from, from uh, the, the, the game you're at as well. <laughs> But uh, he he asks the question, uh, mm -hmm. does Tony pass the no dickhead test? Not for mm -hmm. me. He's got a bad attitude. Yeah, we've seen some videos of that before. He's slagging off uh, Brentford. Um, kind of too big for his boots kind of thing. But add that to, to, the, to the mix. Is it, is it um, arrogance or is it, uh, is it confidence in his ability? Mm. Like, <clears throat> that, that's that's what I'm going to put out there, um, and it'll be interesting uh, to get your thoughts, um, boys. Um, Josh, what what are your thoughts for this? Really quickly, because I've got one last question for you, and then there's I think there's a, a few questions in the chat um, just just to round off. So, Josh, then Philip, really quickly from your opinion. Firstly, would you spend the money? Secondly, um, yeah, what what do you make of his, of his attitude? Is it a problem for you? Right. Firstly. I think would I pay 60, 70 million for Ivan Tony? I believe if I stand corrected, he's out of contract June or July next year. So first of all, that can play a factor. Do want to pay 70 mil for someone who's maybe out of contract next year? He's 28 years old. It's not exactly our model, if you want to say that. When you look at the signings we've made, Tenali, 23 years old, Botman, very young, Tino, Gordon, the list goes on and all the, of course, youth uh, players we've signed under Dan Ashworth, funnily enough. Um there's no doubt about it that he's an unbelievable striker. He seriously is, although he's 28 years old and he's probably in the peak of his career, although he's, he's started pretty late. Um, penalties, fantastic. Free kicks, fantastic. Finishing, fantastic. He is a very good player, yet again, no doubt about that. But there is another side of Ivan Tony. He's like a he's like a coin, really. You've got his footballing ability, then you've got his personality. And his personality can be taken two ways, and I definitely can look at it both ways as well. On one side, he looks pretty much just very arrogant. We've seen the videos where, was he on a boat or something? And he said, F, Brentford, publicly. That went out yeah. with the public. And then someone went up to him and said, what do you do for a job? I play football. Where do you play? He said he plays nowhere special. He went, when he was coming back from his... Um, He's banned for gambling. Somebody said, what's your plans in your career? He didn't even speak about Brentford. He said something, well, I'm looking about where I'm going to go. Just nullifying the fact that he's actually under contract from Brentford, where you've had your yeah. best years and you're scoring goals. That is unbelievably arrogant. But yet again, like you said, Pete, is that confidence in his ability it can be taken both ways. And we've seen with Anthony Gordon, 99% of fans were against it because he just looked like this horrible kid who had a horrible attitude and he didn't look like the most talented footballer whatsoever. Eddie House turned him around. 
Eddie Howe can turn Ivan Tony around. But yet again, if he does come into the squad, he's not going to play ahead of Alexander Isak. Alexander Isak could go out with the left, but Gordon's on the left. Look, in my opinion, I would love Ivan Tony at this football club, but he wouldn't appreciate being, like you said, second fiddle to Alexander Isak. I don't think he'd come for that reason. And I wouldn't pay 60, 70 million for him because he's 28 years old and because his contract runs out pretty much pretty soon. Yeah. I, I can't I can't disagree with anything you said and I think David Cook said it really well I said the way you speak Josh uh, I don't know how old you are actually uh, but um but you you speak of someone that is super super knowledgeable oh, and has been following the club, club for uh, longer in way more years than than probably your age that's for sure but, um, I'm, I'm yeah. 17 by the way what? wow you, yeah. You've surprised even me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but no, um, it, it, great response. Philip, yourself, yeah. are, you, are you the same as Josh or, or have you got a different <clears throat> slant on this? I think I think I'll prefer to buy Jao Pedro for 60, 70 million, um, especially suits what we do. I know that we were literally there in getting him and we went for Isak. We have no regrets about that, but I almost wish that we could have got both. But if you're going to go there and suit our model, Jao Pedro, Morgan Gibbs-White, they suit our model and they're totally different profiles to uh, Isak because you can't get two of the same strikers. I know that Tony and, um, and Isak are a bit different. I don't mind having two strikers competing. I think that's the whole point of it. One of them has to sit on the bench if you're not good enough. But I think money could be spent better. One thing Dan Ashworth did say that I did agree with him before when he did join us is that if he's spending the 100 million or two, I guess it's be too much money on players, he's doing a bad job. And I don't want Newcastle, and I, I, I think it's true. I think we hear other people saying, oh, there's nothing about, the market is dead. It's not dead. If you watch other football, you get, and we've got great guys on social media as well that do scouting reports, there is plenty of talent out there. It's about you actually getting up and looking at it. How about buying a club? A multi-club model might work as well. But anyway, that's that's what I would do. So there's just tons of stuff. And I think Ivan Tony is... The next hype, someone bought <clears throat> Declan Rice for 100 million, but he's one of the few people that probably is beginning to weigh, beginning to show that he is worth that much. Tell me the other ones that are, are worth that and could you couldn't get them for half the price. So I think that's where I'm at with that. I think, yeah, and I think, Ivan, like I said, Ivan Tony grew up, he grew as a result of his mistakes in, in, in um, Newcastle. I don't know if you'd want that to be back. In terms of his confidence and arrogance, I'll prefer any player to be confident or arrogant for the club they're, they're playing for. I remember even the dark days under Steve Bruce, the one player that I think had any arrogance about him was Callum Wilson. He's the only one that would walk around the pitch as if he's playing for Real Madrid and he's having fights with, with other players. I like that. The one guy that did that, everybody else, their heads down, they're scared to tackle, they're scared to do that. This is the other guy, he's the only one that's roaring around and having fights with defenders and looking at people as if, who are, who are you to come play against me? I love that. But if you get <clears throat> a, a player who's arrogant against the club, and worse, I think, and sorry to any Brentford fans, I think you guys are, are needing over to him way too much. The welcome home you've given him and uh, and uh, how he talks to other, you know, he's essentially told everyone, I'm leaving, I'm going to greater, bigger things. And you've given him, you know, a night to remember on his welcome back. And, and you've given them the captaincy. I don't know who's who was the Brentford captain before that, but he must be seething um, at, at that situation. I think that was insane. So 
But maybe that's the that maybe someone might say that's the genius of of Thomas Frank in being able to get his player riled up. I <laughs> we'll see how that works out. I think the money could be paid elsewhere. I think he's at the same time. I think he's a top talent, but I think Newcastle will, will, will spend their money elsewhere. I'm looking forward to it actually in terms of how how we pan out. Where a more in terms of, especially our front forwards, they're mobile, they're strong, and our conversion rate is pretty high actually as well. Um, we've only scored five or six goals less than Arsenal. We're one of the top scoring teams, so we know what we're doing. And um, so I have faith in our recruitment going up front. I, I don't think that 60, 70 million would be best invested in, in Ivan Tony. Right, I, I have a one word. Oh, sorry, Dad. I was just going to say that I have a one word question for, for, for everyone. Uh, so if I offered you Solanke for 50 million or Tony for 60 million, who you're taking? Chris, Blanky. you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Philip is going for Slanky. Slanky, Josh. If I had to take one, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy any of them players for that price. But if I had to, it probably would be Tony Lee. Chris, Tony, Tony, Tony. Pete, Tony, all, all day of the week. Um, but it'd be interesting actually to see. Uh, Eddie Howe's answer to that question. It would, it would actually. Yeah. <laughs> but did that? Jordan to ask him. Very, yeah, yeah, very interesting. His own yeah. Samayo. That's what his answer would be. What's your answer to that question? Oh, it'd be oh. Tony. Yeah, Tony for me as well. That's why I was kind of originally when I said sixty million. If hundred million, forget it. No way. And 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 he's not my first option either. It's just that. When we were talking before, and Eddie Howe, you know how his love of Bournemouth, and he's no sporting director to to uh, to uh, shackle him now either. He's, he's yeah. be, he could be let loose. So be be afraid, be very afraid. Hey, we've signed great players without a sporting director. We yeah. have uh, before Ashworth, and, and there's no reason why it can't happen afterwards. Actually, to be fair, some of the players that we absolutely love in this squad were were bought. Before Ashworth came to this club, there's no doubt about it. So yeah. um, it, it's a really interesting one. Right, we're going to whip through some questions now, really, really quickly. And the first one that I've just added um, to the pack is Isaac and Willick back in training. Are you starting them Saturday, eight o'clock kickoff against <laughs> Arsenal at the Emirates? Boy, are we excited to have these two players back uh, training for us. But would you start them? Um, we'll, we'll go around the house to start with Josh, Philip, Chris, Daz. Uh, what, what are you thinking, Josh? It's a bit of a weird one, right? We'll start with Isak first, or I'll start with Isak first. Of course, against Bournemouth, we didn't have a recognised striker. Of course, we've got young Ben Parkinson, but on, on the start in 11, Gordon did play there. Look, I absolutely love Anthony Gordon now that he plays for Newcastle United. Undoubtedly, wait, in my opinion, uh, I don't know if you can agree, but he's been the player of the season so far, adding goals and assists to his game. His, play, his pace is blistering, but what makes him a fantastic player and why I think he should... Uh, be a part of that England Euro squad and why he's actually different to every single winger nowadays is that he tracks back and he tracks back unbelievably and when he does get back he can get forward very quickly now does he go to left, the left hand side and then Harvey Barnes has to come out with the team and then Alexander Isak goes and of course for the both players it matters if they are match fitness enough but like I said there I would love for, for Isak to start undoubtedly he's one of the most technically gifted and one of the best players in the entire squad I'd love Isak to be there and I, I would start Isak but does that mean that Gordon would go out with the right or 
Gordon will go to the left and Harvey Barnes has to sit out. Miggy goes to the right. It, 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 it kind of differs what happens in the team. But in my opinion, if Isak is fit enough, look, you've got to start him. He's that player where he gets one chance. Uh, we're sitting back the whole game. He goes and scores that chance and we'll win the game 1-0. Probably not going to happen, but you know, football's a, a crazy game. Joe Willock, on the other hand, though, in my opinion, I think what we think, in my opinion, look, yet again, if he's match fitness enough, 100%, I'd get him in that team with Joe Willock on the left-hand side, Bruno in the middle, and uh, Lewis Miley on the right-hand side. But I don't think Eddie Howe is going to do that. I think Eddie Howe's going to keep Longstaff in the team. Of course, he keep Bruno in the team. And I think he's going to drop Lewis Miley purely because of his age. And of course, he is still a young talent. He's still developing. Um I'd love to play Lewis Miley ahead of Longstaff, but yes, I, I would like to start Willick and Isak straight away if they are both uh, match fit, both fit for the match. One hundred and ten percent, get them in. Great stuff, um, Philip. He's starting both. What were you going for? I would love to start both. I'll probably put Isak up front, um, Gordon on the right, Barnes on the left, um, uh, Willick on the left midfield. I'll drop Longstaff, put Miley on the right midfield and have Bruno in the middle and feel frightening. Um, I think what I think what Hal will do is more likely is have them on the bench and put them on in the final, final 15, 20 minutes. And then Blackburn is when he lets, he lets them loose. Um, and then we'll progress from there. I think that's what the likely uh, thing will happen. I'll probably do the same thing, to be honest. Um, but I think what would drive that would be fear because I just had them back and I want to keep them for as long as possible. So, no, I probably wouldn't start them, but I would put, put them on towards the end of the game, yeah. Chris, we're going to hold off your opinion. We were going to wait till the way days for that one. Are <laughs> <laughs> you a lineup? So I knew gonna you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say there that. Just yet. I'm not going to no. give my opinion either. Um, um, but Daz, uh, what, what are you thinking? What are you going? What are you going to go for? Or, yeah, or actually, I, I, my, I might hold off on that because I don't know. Well, you, you may well be on away days as well if you can make it. Not, not if I want to keep my job. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, give us your answer. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that would be interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, I, I, I kind of really anyone's. I, I, this is a plug for the Irish mags as well because I, I uh, on the show with with the lads, I, I gave my opinion. I said five at the back, uh, bringing uh, Chino uh, into the left back, move move uh, Dan Byrne in, in, into the three in the centre, and. Uh, I'd I'd leave Isaac and Willock on the bench. Hopefully, we can we can hold hold, hold them off, uh, park the bus, then unleash Isaac and and Willock and go and uh, pray. We get a uh, maybe a, a snatch a, a one nil. Then I'd I'd be all over that. And uh, I think uh, Rich Rich Joplin said the, the, uh, earlier. Can you imagine the fume? Uh, then if if we if we if we got uh, a win against Arsenal, that would be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I would Save them. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie House, your towels, mags. Get them back. I want them back. I want to, I want to go to the Emirates and do exactly what we did last season. Nil-nil. Point. Celebrate like we've just won 5-0. Uh, the fume. And uh, look, I'm, uh, look, Chris, I don't think we're going to be holding back with uh, troops and uh, 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 dab pots on, uh, on Friday, that's for sure. Go uh, crazy, lads. Yeah, we will. We will. Definitely. <laughs> but um, look, they're they're all the, the 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 kind of like just out there questions. But there's, I think there's a few questions from the chat uh, before we wrap up. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, some comments coming in as well. Um, yeah, I, I, there was this is the second one of these comments about um, Afi Harrison uh, scoring for the under 18s team against Man City uh, under 18s uh, uh, tonight as well. Well done there. Uh, uh, I'm having another goalkeeper. <laughs> This this is an interesting one here. Yeah, sorry, this is the other comment from uh, Keelan R3. Uh, This one from Jordy Two for Life. Question is, why are the FA taking so long looking into if Tonali is breaking betting rules in the UK? Surely he's serving his punishment. Thoughts on this one? We don't want him to have another punishment after this. Oh, God, imagine. It's still still ongoing. Um, Because I, I don't know... It, it kind of got said and then went sort of underneath the radar because he'd already been found guilty and was going to be given his suspension. But the FA, on top of what was already kind of put in place as a sanction, were looking in, sorry, to bet it in the UK. And there's been nothing for months. And then all of a sudden, there was an article a few days ago that just popped up to say they still haven't made their decision yet on what's going on. And it's like, we're all preparing for an August return. Wouldn't it just be classic... English football, classic to Newcastle United, that that all of a sudden we get to the end of the season and go, right, we've got Tenardi back and he's buzzing to get back. And then something pops out and just goes, nah, um, there's another year on top or another six months or whatever. It it just would be typical to Newcastle United. It really, really would. But what what are your thoughts about that, boys? I think it depends on whether... Are they investigating the same charges that he was already sentenced for? Then I wouldn't agree with a double punishment. Has he continued doing what he's doing after being punished? Then, unfortunately, um, that they have to investigate it. They can't just say, oh, because you're doing something, you've already been um, uh, uh, essentially given your, your, your consequences for the previous time. We're not going to give you another one if he's continued doing it. And that's the that's the unfortunate thing about it. So hopefully it's hopefully it's a bit of nothing to be honest. Anyone else got an opinion on this? It's a tough one. You don't want to think yeah. about it, really, do no. you? No, 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 no. It just isn't fair thinking about. You know me as well, boys, how much I love Tanali, honestly. <laughs> oh my god, I've never do you know what it is? I, it's it's just my luck, you know, to to love a player like Tanali so much. Of course, my overseas team is AC Milan, as you can see there, the only half and half scarf I'll ever buy in my life. I was so excited for him coming because I even followed him when he was at Brescia on loan. And not, oh, yeah. no, he wasn't on loan, sorry, he was at Brescia, then he went on loan to Milan and bought him permanently. But I watched him at Brescia, uh Funnily enough, because I bought him on FIFA like four years ago or something. Um, and I, everything about him, I absolutely adore. He's just got this aura around him. He's, he's short passing is unreal. The tenacity, the intensity, he absolutely emulates how we play as a football team. Yeah. That debut against Aston Villa, oh my God. And then I've seen some fans actually going into the season. Tonali is the reason the midfield doesn't work. And look, in my opinion, no, it was a bit long ago now, lads, but... Going into the season, Anthony Gordon and Tonali were the two best performing players. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how Tonali was getting the flack there. Bruno and Joel Linton were definitely off form. Of course, Joel Linton got injured at the start of the season. But, um, oh my God, if he got another ban, I don't know what I'd do with my life, lads. Honest to God. The, the thing Josh, is, actually, go, go on, Meath. No, I was going to say, I was going to recommend a loaded video to you. You must, you must check out the Tonali prophecy. I'll send you the link. Uh, yeah. Because... Uh, 
it's it's quality. Uh, uh, it's, it's talks a little bit about this as well. <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul from the, the football manager expert, Paul uh, from, from Irish Mags. Yeah, yeah, it uh, talks about a little bit of that as right. What I did want to say though, I think would be unbelievably. Maybe not unbelievably, but I think it would be a bit unprofessional from the FA, you know, this massive organisation to wait until Tonali's nearly unbanned to ban him again. Look, they should have done it when he was banned from the Italian. They should have made it clear at Newcastle United and absolutely everything uh, to everyone what's going on. If you are going to ban him, you know, you have to speed these things up and make sure it happens. You can't just wait and get all the hopes up and then do it. I think it would be very unprofessional from them. Uh, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to sort of hint at anything saying he is going to get banned, but I did see a clip which I thought was very, very concerning. Uh, when we played Aston Villa, I've seen, I seen this, right? And it definitely is real because I can remember seeing it at the match. Uh, yet again, I don't want to say it's true, it's not. But it when Tonali was getting substituted at the end of the match, he was literally right next to Eddie Howe and uh, the fourth official was, was telling him to get off. And he was literally, literally, you could see him standing there and Eddie Howe was saying, come on, come on, get off. He stood there for about 30 seconds. He got a yellow card and then he went off. Look, I, I mean, there was no reason for him not to go off. Maybe that's hinting at something. I don't want to say that whatsoever because you know me. I want the absolute best for Tonali. But um, was very concerning when I seen that video. Ah, didn't see that. Yeah, I, I I didn't see it for a while after, but honestly, I, I seen it, and he was he was just waiting about, standing there for for no reason whatsoever. He was getting substituted, got mm. yellow carded, and, and he went straight off. And Eddie Howe, it looked like Eddie Howe was really distressed with him as well, as you would be. I hope I hope they were lost in translation. His English wasn't very good. I'm saying, come off, come off. He probably thought you're praising his performance. Is that it? Thank yeah. you. And it just took a little bit longer <laughs> to come off. I hope that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers yeah, crossed. That's interesting. That yeah. I think I think on a, on a positive note, boys. I mean. And this, for me, this would be worst case scenario. If the FA were to give Tonali an extended ban, um, I, I can't see, I can't see it being a lengthy one, and I don't think it would be anywhere near as lengthy as the initial one. Like I was, I was just counting in my head then, thinking, right. So if he's back in August, um, even if they were to see out the rest of 2024, that would be four months. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he get eight months ban? So it wouldn't. Eight it months, wouldn't yeah. Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were to, you know, ban him again, that they give him four months and then he'd be back in the January. That's not saying that's what I want to happen, but I'm just thinking, I don't think they'd just slap him with another eight-month one. I just don't want to hear it. I don't yeah. want to hear it anymore. This banning our players. No. A, fresh, a fresh start into next season. By the way, what happened What happened with Zaniolo? Because Zaniolo I was just going to say that. And he's still playing and everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. He, he, basically... Um, there was the oh, I, can't, I can't remember his name. The the the, the Juventus player who Fagioli. basically yeah yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah. He, he basically um, shat on the Tonali and um, uh, and the, the other guy from Villa. Um, Daniolo. Yeah, he he basically told everyone everything, and that reduced his ban because he was really heavily involved in it all. But because he spilled the beans, that basically. Um, cut his sentence um, kind of in terms of his ban by by a lot. It was significant. Um, Zaniolo, I think, had done something similar um, and he was less involved in terms of, I think, put um, less amount of bets on or, or, or close next to nothing. So I don't even think he, he ended up getting a ban off the back of that, which is crazy, really. But uh, the one thing, and we'll move on from this, but the one thing that, that, that concerns me is that even if it is four months, Chris, 
it changes us on the planet massively. Yeah, it does. Because we're we're still like I think he might miss the first one or two games of the season off mm. the back of um the fact that he's banned till the end of August. But yeah. that's not the worst thing in the world. He'll have a preseason with the lads, he's training with the lads now. He might not have a preseason match, but it will only for me, if you're regularly training, it won't take that long to get back up to speed in terms of playing football when you're when you're a professional athlete it shouldn't take you too much longer and he can have behind closed door uh, involvement matches with with, with, with other teams and in, in stuff in maybe not other teams but he can certainly have them with, with his own squad of players in pre-season to get him back up to speed but what it means is, is that we've got a void there to fill until January because there's a hell of a lot of games between August and January that we need to fill. And that's that's a concern. And, and Newcastle United aren't going to want that because they're going to be planning with having him ready. They're going to want to buy a midfielder to come in to to complement what they've already got with Tonali, with Bruno, fingers crossed, and, and others. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. But I just... I don't want to think about further bans. Like we all, we've only just—I think all of us as a fan base got our heads around the fact that he's he's coming back in August, and that we're getting closer to that date. To extend that would be, just be a nightmare. Yeah, I don't want to do another go full true Jordy again, Pete. I can't go through that again. <laughs> it was it was traumatic enough the the first time. Do uh, we had to do that? But, okay, we'll move on. Shout out to Toon Dave, who became a loaded ultra. Nice one, Toon Dave. Oh, nice one. Uh, welcome to the family. Um, oh. You're in good company with Philip there as well. Uh, just also wanted to, uh, there was another name in the hat for sporting director. Paulie G's name has been touted now for, for a sporting oh, director. So, okay. G. You never know. He's in the chat tonight, wasn't he? He's he in was. the chat. Yeah, well, he's in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hope yeah, good man. Good to see you, mate. Uh, then, yeah, another question. Maybe we'll finish on this question. Um, and yeah, okay. The question says uh, from the from the clan it says, did Man United make an illegal a legal approach for uh, on Ashworth? Uh, I know you can't tap up a player. How about a director of football? But at the same time, linking it back to us. We went. We went directly to Brighton to get Dan Ashworth. We didn't go wait two months talking about potentially going for him, but and and go to go to him, and then roundabout going to the club. I think we went direct to, to Brighton. So, what's your, anyone's thoughts on this? I think with Man United, obviously their takeover, as he said, was only completed um, yesterday. And so they couldn't legally do anything for, well, I don't know, legally, but they couldn't really do anything, make any firm, firm plans. They always had plans in the pipeline, but they couldn't do anything uh, uh, permanently, I think, and had to convince, uh, had to do something, get certain things in place. So, but obviously the conversations were already being had before that. At the end of the day, he's friends of Brailsford, and I'm sure while they were lounging and on the yacht somewhere, Brailsford turned around to him, looked into his eyes and said, for Man United, or I mean, well, directly a director for Man United, and he said yes, and then I'll wait for you to take over the club first, or partially take over the club, and I think that's what happened. Um, but I wouldn't, I think, even I'll be honest, I think even if they did an illegal move, <laughs> I'd only want our owners to pursue it if we can get some money from suing them, but not necessarily. I don't, if he wants to go, he wants to go at the end of the day. I wouldn't worry about him. I, I would worry more about the people that want to stay at Newcastle, want us to see win trophies, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Let's let's leave it there in the questions uh, then, then, guys. Um, maybe we'll just because uh, I know there was a question here from uh, E2 Trader, and I want to ask you the same question, Philip. But uh, Ian asked, "Has Josh got a channel?" So, Josh, tell us where everyone can find you. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure it's it's hyperlinked, isn't it? It's hyperlinked yeah, on the channel. We'll see yeah, at the end, the anyways. We know how the streams go, man. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Since it's the end, shall I show you what I was talking about at the start? Oh, yeah. Oh, you want the full screen? Here, I'm, hang on. Ah, go on. There you go. I'm trying yeah, not yeah. to ruin the momentum of the Newcastle United because it's not linked with Newcastle United. It's your favourite oh. man. Ah, KK! Love it. So you're giving this to me? Oh, no, I'm not giving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in Newcastle at Easter, Josh, to collect it, all right? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> love it that's quality yeah it's cheers Josh hopefully we got the um, hopefully we got the uh, Kravitzkulia um, shirt 77 in black and white I was Maybe, just going to yeah. say that yeah oh, you never know definitely get the name on the back there oh yeah. 100% hey it cost me about a wanna to get it <laughs> <laughs> do they still pay they don't pay for nah. individual letters now do nah, they nah, nah. It, it's just nah, 10 pounds set in store now I'm sure <laughs> As it should be. As it I should wonder be. what number Adam P will get in the jersey, though. If he wants to write, will he get the seventy-seven or we go? It's got to be seventy. It's got to be seventy-seven, hasn't it? <laughs> he's normally spot on. I think he's got one. Or two he's he's normally yeah. spot. On. Yeah. But look, um, that's the end of the questions. That's the end of talking tune. Um, Great discussions, um, most of it taken up with Ashworth, but quite rightly so with all the news that's coming out tonight. And it's great to get your opinions on it, um, lads, tonight, um, because it's always good to get a different perspective. Um, but actually, I think we're all kind of aligned, really, in our opinions on on this situation. I think most Newcastle fans are. Um, and this is something that's definitely brought Newcastle United fans together, albeit being kind of an up-and-down consistency form of Newcastle. This is definitely kind of brought everyone together because we're fighting against an enemy we're fighting against a rival and uh we are not going to um we are not going to let them bullies and um darren eels has made the point and i'll uh i'll put this on the chat because i think this is very much um needed right now dan ashworth sir jim you want him <laughs> hey, up. Hey, up. and he said it himself pay the money you want him pay the money um but look uh massive thanks to uh Jordy josh thank you josh for joining us great opinions for, uh, tonight as always and uh philip um brilliant brilliant debut um great opinions and uh really kind of complimented the the chat really well apologies for uh, Jordy Dread Specs, who had to leave earlier, um, he will be back, no doubt about it. And of course, um, thank you to everyone in the chat. Super questions. Um, apologies if we didn't get through them all, um, but we got through a, a good few. Talking to is going to be back. We're going to be back talking all things Newcastle United and topics again. Um, but just shout out to the Irish Mags. Um, if you haven't watched the show, uh, go watch it came out today our very own dash shocks was on there talking all things newcastle united yeah just ignore the slander in the first five minutes of me hey, hey. <laughs> I but if we get if we get that ignore that first five minutes get on to the rest because it is a really good chat those guys boys are our top stuff and um yeah uh, some talk about uh, alex murphy as well one, one of yeah, our yeah. um, up-and-coming talent chat. 
Great job, Lance Murphy. Um, yeah, just a quick shout out to the sponsor as well. What we're here because oh, it slips my, it slips my mind. And uh, we get with a little conversation with Russ as well. If you're watching Russ, uh, great, great to meet you. And uh, we finally got to meet you. But uh, shout out to the radiatorshed.com uh, and all the, the beautiful radiators that are available through Russ. And we've got new, we've got new pictures, new, new, uh, um. Uh, ways to promote coming as well, so keep an eye out for, for, for that. And also, shout out to uh, H2O Bathroom Design Co. and all the beautiful bathrooms that are available there through the lads there. And actually, we'll, we'll mention it verbally, but we, we will uh, put some details as well. With uh, talk to Russ if you're, if, if you're in the market for radiators at least, because mention loaded you get a 20 percent discount now we'll have official details on that coming soon but a 20 percent discount that is some discount if you think about it because those kind of things add up so uh yeah make sure to mention loaded and russ will sort you out but uh that's it for that make sure you subscribe to to toon tactics tv and to jordy josh and you can follow them on the socials uh, i'm sure we'll see them again sometime soon um that's it, I think. Oh, boy, we have to tell you what's happening as well. What's what, what's coming? Because there's a big one happening on Thursday, boys. And it's it's at a really unusual time as well. That's why <laughs> I, I can't make it. Uh, but uh, tell us about this, Pete. Yeah, it's actually on Friday. Uh, I was going to say, I was panicking them, thinking, am I going to say nothing yeah, on time? That's <laughs> Friday. In the loading household. Because uh, we, we it's actually Friday. Friday at 2.30. So it's an earlier time, start time. We'll get those tweets out nice and early and on all social so you're aware. Um, we've got, of course, 12th man, um, uh, the, the, the main man at the top of the chain. Uh, Dan Potts is coming to join him. And he's bringing a friend. He's bringing troops from Troops TV, uh, formerly known from Barstool and as well um, Arsenal Fans TV. Uh, massive, massive thanks to Troops for taking the time to uh, come and join us. And we're really, really looking forward to having that chat. And uh, as we said, we're not going to hold back, are we, Chris? We're going to tell it exactly how it is in terms of what we want Newcastle United to do at the Emirates on Saturday night. And I'm sure anybody that knows Troops, he's not going to hold back either. So uh, it should make for a really, really discussion we might have damn pots in the middle just trying to navigate everything to make sure that everything's okay but uh really good chat G- gonna smash out a preview so um come in come and join the chat get your comments and questions in um yeah really looking forward to it so uh yep make sure you're tuning for that one friday 2 30 yes confused <laughs> of the days there uh but then on on at the moment it's down a sunday Sun, sunday evening sunday night we'll be back with the, the loaded reaction to the game itself unless we win then we're going late into the night lads uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going uh, it, it might be 11 o'clock but we're going in with the show but uh, uh so uh, uh uh keep keep an eye out for, for that but yes at the moment down for sunday i think at half seven we'll see um that's it thanks again to josh to specs and to philip for for, for joining us tonight uh, i suppose the only thing left to say is how'd you like that good night everyone take care